Well, I pray that our thoughts and our focus is on the Lord's table. From the moment that we walk in, and, and we, if we have forgotten that it is Communion Sunday, and look up here and see this table, I pray your thoughts are, praise the Lord. And not, well, here we go again. He's going to read those same verses. He's going to tell us about the same things over and over again. Well, let me tell you this. I like the lyric to that one song. Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? It is. Because, child of God, we owe everything, everything, everything to what Christ has done on our behalf. Because without Him, without His shed blood upon the cross, where would we be? What could wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It is Him and what He has done. And He has left a way for us to remember. He has left a way for us to remember Him. And He has asked us to do this in remembrance of me. Is it good for us to remind ourselves of this? Oh, we should remind ourselves of this every day of what He has done. Let's read uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. I'll read this every communion Sunday because of what it says, because of what it calls us to do. The Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which He was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let's pray. Once again, Heavenly Father, help us, help us that we might rightly remember Christ. And Father, as, as your children consider what has taken place in our hearts and in our lives because of Christ, Lord, if there would be one within this congregation today that is yet lost and doesn't know you, I pray that Father... It, and as we remember Christ, that they would have their eyes open for that first time to truly see Christ on the cross, that they would see their sins, that they would cry out to you, and that you would grant faith that they might believe and receive Jesus Christ, repenting of their sins and turning and following you. So, Lord, help us to honor the death of Christ, his burial, his resurrection. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to go back just for a moment, some 2,000 years, and let's go back to the upper room. We, we remember the story well, or at least most of you will, and, and uh, Jesus is, is taking his disciples. They're going to go and, and uh, celebrate uh, Passover. I think one of the disciples asked, where, where are we going? What, what, what are we going to do? That we're going to do Passover. 
Remember what he said. He said, go. He sent two of them. Go into the city and you'll see a man and you'll, you'll say the master needs a place. And he will take you to a, a large upper room. And, and it's already, it's already kind of laid out for you. So go and, and prepare and make it ready. And then Jesus comes and he's there with the twelve in that upper room. And they're there and they're partaking of the different elements from the Passover meal. And he gets down to the bread. And he changes the order of the service. Because the disciples knew they, they have gone through Passover. They knew, they knew the order, you see. They, they knew you do this and you do this. You read this psalm, you sing this psalm, you do this. They knew the order of things. And now he gets down to this part and he takes the bread and he breaks it. And he says something that is not in the typical Passover ceremony in, in mark 14 verse 22 through 24 and as they were eating this is the passover meal and as they were eating jesus took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said take eat this is my body then he took the cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. See, Jesus changed the order of the service because here's what was taking place. This is the last true, legitimate Passover meal. He is taking two of the elements Two of the parts, two of the, the, the pieces of the Passover meal. He is making them His own and He is changing things forever. Two of the components of this last Passover and He's defining them. Because Passover was a simple memorial. We, we remember that, right? It, it, was, it takes us back uh, to the exodus in Egypt. Remember the plagues that, that came upon Egypt? Remember the, the final Plague, uh, the, the, this plague was the, the slaying of the firstborn in every family. Uh, think about that. The firstborn, not the lastborn. Firstborn. A lot of people, I think, they read that and they think this is just babies. No, it said the firstborn of every family. Consider that. Consider this. And to be protected from this plague, the children of God were given very specific instructions to take a perfect unspotted lamb and kill it. And you can read the whole story. We're not going to read it all from Exodus 11th chapter into the 12th chapter. Let me read just a couple of verses. Exodus 12, verse 7. And they shall take some of the blood, and remember this is the blood of that perfect uh, lamb, and, you shall, and they shall take some of the blood, and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it, where they will eat of this lamb. In Exodus 12, uh, 12 and 13. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. The judgment's coming. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you 
in the houses where you live, where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. See, when, when the plague comes, when judgment comes, when the wrath of God comes, what protects the child of God? The blood. The blood of the Lamb. It, it, and understand, the events of the Old Testament are there for a purpose and a reason, aren't they? Because they are a type and a shadow of that which is to come. When final judgment comes, what will protect the child of God someday from the wrath of Almighty God? The blood. The blood of the true Lamb, the Lamb of God. Uh, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The blood, the blood. Uh, I, I can remember as a kid singing an old hymn in the church. Uh, it was, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass I will pass over you. See, Angie, you remember that? I don't know if it was a brown book or the red book. But, but I can remember singing that old hymn down that little country church. And I didn't fully understand it. But see, now I do. You see, now my eyes have been opened and I understand fully what it's talking about. And it's talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. It's talking about someday when we will stand before the Father. And he will see the blood of Christ. Protection from the judgment of God. Deliverance from the wrath of God required a blood sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. So in the, in the time before the cross, an animal, a lamb without blemish or spot was to be sacrificed. But no lamb, no other animal blood sacrifice could ever fully take away sin. Never. Never could. Let, let's go into Hebrews 10. Let's go into Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 14. Because you see, between the time of, of the exodus from Egypt and that very first Passover meal until this last one, Perhaps millions of animals sacrificed. I can't imagine how many gallons of blood poured out as a sacrifice for sin. But all of that could never, never fully take away sin. Hebrews 10. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come. <laughs> here we go. It's talking, all of it, all of it over here is talking about the good thing. The good things to come for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? You see, it, it, let me pause there. If, if they had been perfected, why would they have to come do it again, you see? For these worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. 
For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he, when he, when Jesus came into the world, he said, Sacrifices, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burn offerings and sacrifices for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to, to the law. Let me pause there again, and I know quite often I pause in that very spot because I want you to understand, because you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, they were just doing what God told them to do? Well, why would Jesus say, Say you had no desire in them, you had no pleasure in them. Didn't God tell them to do these things? Well, here, let, let me say this. He's, he's not saying that these offerings were irrelevant. He's just saying they were not totally effective. They were ineffective because they could not fully take away sin. There was a continual reminder of sin and a continual need for cleansing. Year after year after year, sacrifice had to be made. And there are these bulls and goats. It, it was ineffective, yet had a purpose because it was a type, it was a shadow of the good thing to come. Do you see that? So, so it wasn't that, that these things were irrelevant. No, they had a purpose. They were just ineffective fully to do what was to come. There was an old hymn. I, I think I've read this before. Uh, Isaac Watts. I don't know the lyric of it. Not all the blood. Listen to this lyric. Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away the stain. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what we just read? Not all, of, not all the blood of beasts could wash away the stain. But Christ, the heavenly lamb, takes all our sins away as sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. Of all the sacrifice of goats and, and bulls and, and all these things could never wash away the stain of sin. Uh, back to that verse there. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offering, and offering for sin you did not desire nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said... Christ said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. The first what? I believe it's talking covenant here. Taking away the, 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 the first covenant uh, to establish the second. The, a new covenant in my blood. Isn't that what Christ said? He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will... We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. By that will. What will? Well, the will of God. What did Jesus say? I have come to do your will, and it is by that will. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which could never take away sins. But this man... But, the, but this Jesus, this Savior, this Redeemer, this, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he 
has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Praise the Lord that we are, He will hold me fast. He will never let me go. And I am being perfected. That, not that I've already attained. Apostle Paul said that. Oh, not that I've already attained, but I press on to the upward call of Jesus Christ because I know He is bringing me along. See, I am being perfected for by one offering, one offering, once and for all time, one offering, He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Jesus came to be the perfect Lamb, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So, that evening in the upper room, <laughs> the last legitimate Passover, because the next day, the one who was the true Passover Lamb would be slain. Would be slain. The once for all time sacrifice for sin. So now when we look back at a redemptive point in history, we don't go back to Egypt. We go back to the cross. You see, we, we don't go back to the blood that was on the doorpost and on the lintel. We go back to the blood shed on the cross. God's perfect, redeeming, saving power. And so that night in the upper room, Jesus was transforming the Passover into communion to communion, fellowship with Him. And so today for the Christian, the Passover has no significance other than being a type and a shadow of what came. You see that. Oh, it's, it, don't, take, don't take me wrong here. It, it, it's okay to study the different parts of, of the Passover and to see the meaning that's behind all that. But I'll let me tell you, those that are, who are yet holding fast to the Jewish faith, Oh, and they're still waiting for the Messiah. You see, they come just so far and they stop. Not realizing that He has already come and all that their eyes will be open to all that they have, uh, all that they hold fast to in the Old Testament if they could just see. Well, who, who was Moses talking about? Jesus. You see, what was all of this pointing to? Jesus. See, all that their eyes will be open so that they may see, because now Jesus is our Passover. He is our Passover. That's 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. You see, now the reality has come. The substance of the same things spoken of in the Old Testament had come, and now the symbols and the shadows would cease in God's perfect timing. In due time, the true lamb would die. The veil of the temple would be ripped from top to bottom. The sacrificial, the sacrificial system that was in place, the Levitical system, would come to an end. Jesus came to be the once and forever perfect sacrifice for sin. 1 Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins. Once. Once. We don't represent Him every time. 
You don't make afresh the sacrifice of Christ. It was a once, once for sin. The just for the unjust. That He might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the Spirit. Why would He come? Why would He come? Why would the just one die for the unjust which was me and you? Why? Why? That He might bring us to God. That's why. That He might bring us to God. He came for the suffering of death. He came for the cross. That's why He came to this earth. And in His death, He was crowned with glory and honor. That The Apostle Paul talked to that in Philippians 2. Let's read it. Philippians 2, 5-11. through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made Himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, therefore, in light of, of what Christ has done, uh, coming to do the will of the Father, you see, therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He came in obedience to God the Father that He might bring many sons and daughters to glory. Through His suffering upon the cross, He became the captain of our salvation. Highly exalted and giving a name which is above every name. Hebrews 5 verse 9. And having been perfected, He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. To all who obey Him. He came to earth to be the author of eternal salvation. He came to die to pay the penalty for sin. Did, did you catch the lyric in some of these new songs? He came at such a cost. And what was the cost? It, it, it was His life. It was His life. He gave His life. Because the, the, there is a cost to sin, is there not? There's a cost for the wages of sin, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The cost of sin, the penalty for sin is death. Who has sinned? Let's remind ourselves of this. Who has sinned? All. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All, all, all. Anyone born on this planet, born into sin. But God provided for Himself a lamb. He provided for Himself a rescue for sinners. A, a perfect sacrifice for sin in Jesus Christ. That all who would believe in Him would not perish but have what? Eternal life, everlasting life. Let, let's read it, John 3, 14 through 18. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You understand that, right? Must. This must. This had to happen, or else there would be no plan of salvation. Must. 
Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why? That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send... Do I have 17, 18? For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. It was already condemned. Understand that. But He came so that whoever ever would believe in Him, believe the message of the cross, receive the payment that was made on their behalf to all who would believe. And then there's the question again. Do you believe? No more important question on the face of this earth than to know the answer to that question. Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from the wrath of God. You'll be saved because the blood of Jesus will have washed over you. Then when judgment comes, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, you see. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the question is, do you know that you're saved? And if someone answers, well, yes, I know, I know, I would ask him, well, how do you know? And what would be the response? How does anyone know? How does anyone know that they're saved? Well, Scripture says that His Spirit will bear witness with our spirit that we are a child of God. He will let us know. He will tell us. And then there will be a change in us. We will have a hunger and a thirst for His Word. We'll have a hunger and thirst to obey Him and, and, and go to Him and pray to Him. Now, does that mean that we're going to live a perfect life on this earth? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying there'll be a change. We won't keep sinning, living just the way we were. All the same sins, all the same. And disregard, don't go to church, don't fellowship with other believers. Just, just keep doing, living just like we did before we said a little prayer before we signed a card, before we did some something and somebody stamped us and said we were saved. No, if you're the same, if you're the same, no change, I would ask you to examine your heart. Because there'll be a change. Can we all agree with that? There'll be a change. There has to be a change. How can you have an encounter with Almighty God and leave the same as you were? You can't. There will be a change. Oh, and it, and it may come in increments, and it does. 
because we start out as a babe in Christ. So don't 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 think that you're gonna you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be an apostle Paul right out the gate. Remember, ah, oh, he went for two years and and and, and studied it and served over Gamaliel in preparation because you know when we come to faith, all oh, the Lord will work with us. Uh, he, he, he will bring us along, and He will teach us, and He will show us. And so I, I pray, I pray, I pray that everyone has it resolved in their heart that they know, that they know, that they know that they're saved because they have believed, and it was a belief unto salvation, true salvation, wrought by God and confirmed in the heart and our spirit. So, so now then, for, for those who are in Christ, for, the, for those who, who truly believe, and the, the ones who have been bought and been purchased. Because uh, we, we've been purchased, right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.20 For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. At, at, at such a cost. At such a cost. You, you were bought at a price. The cost, it was Christ's death. That's the price. So therefore, therefore, those who have been bought by the blood of Christ, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Redeemed, purchased by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood. How important is the blood? <laughs> How important is the blood? In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. You can't take the message of the cross and the blood of Christ out of the Bible. Well, I guess you can. But where, what does that leave you? It leaves you a false hope and, and false reality of what Christ has done. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through 21. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest, was made known in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. Child of God, where's your faith? Where's your hope? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus name on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand. Here. His oath, His covenant, His blood support me in the whelming flood when 
All around my soul gives way. He then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. All of what Christ has done. Uh, back up to that third verse again. His oath, his covenant, a new covenant in my blood. Support me in the whelming flood. What's it talking about? I believe he's talking about the flood of judgment that's coming. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And, and we will be supported in that flood of judgment that is coming. You see, when all around my soul gives way, he will be our hope and stay. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Is he worthy? <laughs> is he worthy? Uh, Revelation 5, verses 9 through 10. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll. <laughs> is anyone worthy to take the scroll and open, the, to break the seal and open the scroll? Well, yes, he is. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. What Christ has done, of what Christ has done. And so today we will gather around, pass by the table, not to remember it, an exodus in Egypt, not to remember the blood on a doorpost and on the lintel, but to do what? But to remember Christ. Remember the cross. Remember what He has done. And He took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Psalms 107. This one more verse. Two verses. 107, 1 and 2. This should be the child of God every day. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord, have you been redeemed? You see, well, how did redemption come? The blood of Jesus. The sacrifice of Christ. No other way. Redemption. There is no redemption in any other. No salvation. True salvation apart from Christ. He is the way, the only way. No other way to God the Father. Though many try, many different avenues, they're going to wake up one day or their eyes are going to be opened, and they're going to be standing before a most holy God in the swell of judgment. No blood. And what will happen? Cast in the lake of fire. But for those who have been redeemed, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. 
for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Oh, Chase, is that is that song power to redeem? Is it is it in the list or with breath that brings the dead to life, with words that pierce the dark with life, only by the blood are we set free. With mercy strong to carry shame and nail it to a tree, you alone hold the power to redeem. With breath that brings the dead to life, with words that pierce the dark with light, only by the blood are we set free. With mercy strong to carry shame and nail it to a tree, you alone hold the power to redeem. I tell you, that's a great lyric, isn't it? That's a great lyric. With breath that brings the dead to life. One day, the breath of heaven, if you're born again, one day the breath of heaven, the Holy Spirit landed on you, ever how you want to say it, awakened you. The breath that brings the dead, words that pierce the dark with light. One day we were all darkness, nothing but darkness, but one day light came and pierced the darkness. And only by the blood, the blood of Christ, are we set free. Mercy strong to carry shame and nail it to the tree. Our sins nailed to the cross of Christ. You alone hold the power to redeem. So Heavenly Father, as we prepare to come to the table I pray that you have reminded us all, every born-again believer here, I pray that we've been reminded anew, reminded afresh of the importance of, of the cross, of the, of the importance of, of the blood of Christ, the importance of knowing that he, he, yes, he died on the cross, he was buried, but also the importance of knowing that he rose from the dead. He's not yet in the grave, but, it, but He's at Your right hand interceding this very prayer. So Father, help us to honor the sacrifice of Christ. Help us to remember the sacrifice of Christ. And, and we just thank You that, that in Your Word You have given us a, a means, a way, a, a, that we can do that with a piece of bread and a cup of juice. And that it can take us back and help us to remember what Christ has done and what He went through. So Father, I pray, bless the bread this morning as we remember the body of Christ, Him broken for us. And bless the juice, the cups of juice this morning that we might remember the blood of Christ that was shed for the remission of sin. So, so that all who would believe may receive forgiveness brought by the power of the cross, by the blood of Christ, and by great mercy and love. So help us, Father, 
And I pray it in Christ's name. Amen.